So you were a cheerleader in college. I was a cheerleader in college. Unbelievable to me. <laughs> we were probably more of a dance team than cheerleaders. We said a few sideline things, but we were all about halftime right. show and dancing. <laughs> if you could do a cartwheel, I think that counts. That's that's some athleticism. I'm yeah, confident I couldn't do a cartwheel right now if I tried. Me either. Give me a million dollars. I'm not doing a cartwheel. Hey folks, let me tell you all about Dr. Tamisha Grimes. Uh, Dr. Grimes is the Director of Equity and Student Support Services for Chesterfield County Public Schools in Chesterfield, Virginia. She received her doctorate in educational leadership from Virginia Commonwealth University in 2010. She formerly taught seventh grade language arts, uh, coached cheer and track, and served as both an assistant principal and principal at the middle school level. So she's done it all. All for Chesterfield County Public Schools, Dr. Grimes has served as the Region 1 Director for the Virginia Association of Secondary School Principals, VASSP, and leads the selection process for the Assistant Principal and Principal of the Year recognitions at the secondary level. As the Director of Equity and Student Support Services, Dr. Grimes currently supervises CCPS leaders in the areas of school counseling, school psychology, school social work, student health, Title III, early childhood education, Head Start, Virginia Preschool Initiative and the Virginia Preschool Initiative Expansion and Alternative Education. That's a lot of things. <laughs> she also leads the school division's equity committee, which is comprised of a variety of stakeholders, including community leaders, university professors, teachers, parents, and district-level leaders. Is that all you do? That's it? <laughs> No, I'm also a mom <laughs> and a wife. Maybe I should have said wife first and a mom. Yeah, you have a few things on your plate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. It's my pleasure. All right. Dr. Grimes, what is the purpose of public schools? Oh, that, you know, that could be a loaded question, right? Um, and for as many different people there are, there are probably that many different perspectives or responses to that question. But I think at its core, the purpose of public schools is to, um, okay, so this is going to sound cliche-ish, cliche -ish. Um, but there's a quote that uh, used to be on my signature line, and I've been saying it quite often um, this school year as we prepped leading up to the start of the school year, and it's, by, it's contributed to Frederick Douglass, and it says, it's easier to build strong children than to repair broken men, right? And that resonates with me. Tremendously. Um, now, I don't think that the role of public education or public schools necessarily is to take over the role of parents, right? But the work of public schools is to really partner with parents in that work of building strong children so that when they leave us, they are prepared for the life that they will encounter, not just when they graduate from high school or go off to college or finish college, but when they walk out of our doors at the end of every day, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's that work of engaging children so that they are thinking about things creatively and they're thinking about things concretely. Um, and they are also thinking about things, though, through a lens that may be different from what they know, that they are willing to expand, consider the opinions of others, and then use all of that to become contributing members to our society. Mm -hmm 
who are willing to engage in the hard conversations mm -hmm. in a manner that's respectful, mm -hmm. um, but also inclusive of all of the things that our country was built upon. Mm -hmm. That sounds a little political, and I don't mean it that way, but when I think about um, building strong children, I think about the two in my house and how I want them to function mm -hmm. and the world I want them to live in. Mm -hmm. And so I think that the work of the public schools, again, is to partner with our parents, our community. Uh, our, our, you remember the saying, um, it takes a village, mm -hmm. right? That village that we all work together so that we are building strong children mm -hmm. so that our country can continue to be strong mm -hmm. and grow stronger because these children that we are educating in our public schools are our future leaders. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everything that you just described about building strong children strikes me as being more than just academics. Yes, you absolutely. Speak to that? Absolutely. You know, um, right, so this isn't really about me, but I was a band kid, mm. right? Oh, my gosh. Um, and I was an academic snob. <laughs> so I refused to take vocational classes when I was in high school. Mm. Long time ago, that was. But how I regret that today. Mm. Um, but I was a band kid. Mm -hmm. I was a language kid, right? And um, I think that when we talk about opportunities and building strong children, there is much more to life than work. Mm. Um, they, in order to be a well-rounded individual, one should have, one must have interests outside and beyond that that you know, um, and those things that are uh, cerebral mm. or heavy or real. We should all play. Uh, one of the areas that you mentioned that I oversee is early childhood or pre-kindergarten, right? Mm -hmm. And we think about how important play is to our four- and five-year-old children. Mm -hmm. Well, as a middle school person, uh, I would say that play is just as important to them um, because no one can be on all the time. Yeah. And as an adult, play is important. Mm -hmm. And so when we talk about building strong children, we're really talking, the next piece to that is repairing broken adults, mm -hmm. right? How do adults become broken? There's a, a loss of something, mm. right? And so, yeah, um, it is so much more than ac academics are absolutely important, mm -hmm. but we also have to be well-rounded and building strong children requires that, that aspect of it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like a stew. <laughs> or Public a education is a stew. <laughs> or a soup. Maybe or a, a soup, soup is a better. Depends uh, on the thickness. Yeah. Yeah, that's challenging work, what you just talked about. There's a lot to that. And you have your hands in a lot of different um, areas mm -hmm. of education here in Chesterfield. Um, I imagine that you're addressing a lot of the different challenges that are facing public education. And there's a lot that we could talk about, but I'm wondering if there's one in particular that comes to mind that maybe is central to the work that you're doing, that you're focused on in your position? Oh, yeah, there are lots of different areas. Mm -hmm. And so for each area, there's a focus, yeah. right? Um, so, um, but I would say that it really boils down to making sure that each child has what he or she needs, mm -hmm. which gets us into that whole realm of equity. Um, Anyone who's heard um, our superintendent talk, you know, he talks about innovation. Mm. He talks about um, wanting kids to want to come to school, to love coming to school, to look forward to coming to school. Mm. Um, and the transition plan specifically addresses equity. Mm. Um, and so in my world, in Chesterfield, and in my large world, 
that equity piece is is a foundation for all of it because it touches every single thing. And what I mean by that is going back to what I said before, ensuring that each individual child has what he or she needs mm. to help them be successful. Our children are coming from many different places. Their backgrounds are different. Their experiences are different. Their home lives are different. Uh, what they come to school knowing and being able to do is all different. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this idea that if I put the same piece of information in exactly the same manner mm-hmm. in front of every child, they will all get it at the same time in the same way to the same degree of mm-hmm. understanding is a fallacy. Mm-hmm. And so that equity component of, okay, this is what we know we have to do, where are you individually? Mm. And then what pieces do you need to help you get to where I need you to be? And how can we get you there step by step? Mm-hmm. That's a challenge, <laughs> uh, but it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do we go about doing that to individualize learning for each of our students that come from so many different backgrounds? Yeah. Uh, that may very well be the million-dollar question, right? <laughs> you haven't figured it out yet? <laughs> um, we, you know, we in Chesterfield um, take our work with our students and our student successes very seriously. Mm-hmm. And there have been lots of initiatives put into place to help us get to the point where students are able to have their work individualized. Mm-hmm. Um, a- a- every secondary student has a Chromebook. We mm-hmm. have that one-to-one initiative, which in and of itself allows for uh, some individualization. Mm. Um, And then within that, there are programs and all those traditional things, but my world is student support services. Mm. And so when I talk about ensuring that children have what they need individually, um, we're talking about, um, again, beyond academics. Basic needs have to be met. If I am worried about um, something that's going on in my environment outside of school, I'm not going to really be prepared to focus on what's happening in the classroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we go about addressing that without um, being intrusive mm-hmm. or disrespectful, um, but through communicating that we're here, we care, we want to help, we're building strong children, mm-hmm. uh, so that you have the needs met, your individual needs met, so that you can focus on your academics to be successful, so that we can uh, support you in your interest areas, so that those extracurricular things that you want to engage in become open to you and opportunities that you can engage in, mm-hmm. so that what you are able to access and participate in is not limited by your zip code, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I think that that is key work, um, and student support services really embraces that work by the function and the nature of what we do. We're counselors. Mm-hmm. We're psychologists. We're social workers. We're alternative education. Mm-hmm. You know, um, If you are a non-traditional student, we have opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. Right? That starts us on that path of individualizing. Mm-hmm. I think that's a really important distinction to make because we know that there are achievement gaps with our students um, through different demographic variables that we need to be mindful of. But what we don't have is an ambition gap or an aspiration gap. People want better things for their future. They care about their education. So an achievement gap isn't necessarily indicative of somebody not wanting more, Mm -hmm. right? And so meeting students where they are, 
and helping them reach that aspiration could help reduce that gap between aspiration and actual attainment too. So um, what role does research play in the work that you do and in advancing public education? We want what's best for our kids. Mm. We want, and we want the best for our kids. I think the role that research plays is helping us determine what the best is. Mm. Um, again, for every person there's an idea uh, and uh, there is potential and all ideas, but not necessarily is it true that all ideas reap benefits. Hmm. Um, we have to be mindful. We are public uh, citizens. We are um, responsible for the flow through of public dollars. Um, and so we want to make sure that we are respectful um, of that responsibility and that we use those resources in a manner that is fiscally smart, mm-hmm. uh, but also that result in student work. We cannot allow what we do with students to be restricted, mm-hmm. right, by constraints that are put on by things. But we also have to be conscientious that we are good stewards of the resources that we have. You'll see a theme here, right? <laughs> but back to my idea, my concept, my desire to build strong children, mm-hmm. research certainly plays a role in helping us to identify when we talk about um, our three and our four-year-old students, our preschool age mm-hmm. children. Um, what is it that research says works best for them. We all know there are contradictories. For every side of an issue, mm-hmm. you can find research to support it, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, but what does research say is appropriate and is the most powerful, reaps the most benefit for preparing our preschool age children to be ready for school when they start mm-hmm. or to be successful when they do start? Um, what is the What does the research say about Um, the um, home environment and the Mm -hmm. access to resources that our, again, preschool age children have and how that impacts where they are in their readiness when they start school Mm -hmm. as Mm five-year-olds. Research plays an important role in that. When we start to talk about um, instructional strategies and the learning um, styles of our children and depending upon the age of the children, does the same thing work for a middle school child that works for a high school child? Um, when we talk, talked earlier about play and how mm-hmm. important play is, research plays a role in that. So in almost every decision that we make about how we approach the work that we do, um, I have a PhD So I am one of those research nerds, right? Mm -hmm. And data is really important. Uh, But it's not just data for data's sake. It Mm -hmm. really is. What does it say about how we do what we do and how that impacts our students' achievement? Mm -hmm. And then using that information to determine what is best Mm -hmm. to keep our students at the very top when it comes to performance. Yeah. One of the things we've been interrogating each other now, mm-hmm. So I'm curious about how you access um, the research that you use in your work, how uh, easy it is to, to get what you need to be able to apply it to the students that you serve. Honestly, sometimes it's easier than other times. Mm. Um, I'm not plugging, but one of the ways I stay connected is I did um, earn my Ph.D. through VCU, mm-hmm. and I feel like I have a fabulous relationship with Lisa Abrams, mm-hmm. right? And not too long ago, um, I partnered with her and we um, co-authored a chapter of a book mm-hmm. um, to be used in, in college courses mm-hmm. um, about the role of uh, research and practice mm-hmm. and whether those two things actually align, especially when we're talking about um, 
research and education um, of future teachers. You know, we know that there's, 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 um, there's what they say we should do, and then there's what really happens, right? And how well prepared are folks when they go from classroom learning to be a teacher to being the teacher in the classroom responsible for teaching kids and their learning. Right. Um, and so I think that that access um, is dependent upon, first of all, teaching folks how to even start the process. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it that I want to accomplish? Mm-hmm. And then what, working backwards to what do I need to know and do in order to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, it never hurts, in my humble opinion, to continue your education and to have those classes that really teach you that. Um, and relationships. There is nothing more important than relationships. Every educator has had to go through some academic course load. Um, and um, we would hope that our leaders in those educational courses are researchers and continuing the work in the field. I talked about Lisa Abrams. Genevieve Siegel-Hawley mm-hmm. um, is a fabulous person, partner that I've been able to stay with, Tom Shields. Mm-hmm. Um, that you, you develop relationships with folks, um, and not just instructor to student, but also professionally, mm-hmm. right? Maintain those relationships. Um, and then, you know, um, I talked a little bit earlier about technology, but technology at our fingertips mm-hmm. is a powerful resource also for helping us to stay engaged in accessing what it is that we need or that we are looking for to help us do better for our students mm-hmm. so that they can do better. Sure. Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, I still come back to relationships with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is um, much more knowledge in a crowd than an individual. At least that's my personal, humble opinion. <laughs> me and you together, no more than me by myself. Mm-hmm. Right? And if I start talking to you and we start generating ideas, then hopefully both of us will get something out of it. Now multiply mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Multiply that by a community of learners, by everybody mm-hmm. in my school building, by everybody who teaches my subject area, by everybody on my grade level. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then we take that and we reach out to well, who are the partners that we have? Who do we know? And it doesn't even have to be restricted to academic folks. Think about how much knowledge and wisdom there is out in the community, mm-hmm. in the business world, with our um, religious leaders, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, as we think about those, I, again, uh, I was raised, um, I spent a lot of time as a child with my grandmother. Our folks who have been around for a while, right, mm-hmm. reaching out to those partners to those folks to take advantage of their knowledge and learning and experiences. All of that, I think, is research mm-hmm. that helps us to um, gather data that we can then use to help shape how we work with and influence our children. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn by seeing others. Are we, we are models, role models for our kids, not just, you know, I hate that saying, do as I say and not as I do. Mm -hmm. Kids are watching all the time, right? And if we're saying that we live in a diverse society where where we should be inclusive of others, uh, then shouldn't we think about modeling that in our efforts to bring folks in, Mm -hmm. put them before our kids so that it's not just the experts that they see who they can relate to, but also just people in the community who've lived the lives mm. and had the experiences. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it seems that education is relationship-oriented work. Absolutely. Um, I was going to ask you about equity, but we've talked about equity throughout this interview. So instead, I think what I'll ask is, what is it like to be the Director of Equity and Student Support Services for a division with 60,000 students, 63 schools? What's your day like? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's... It depends on the day, mm-hmm. um, but at the end of the day, it is great work. It's a great opportunity. So um, when I was a principal, when I was a teacher, I'll start with that. When I was a teacher, I had my own set of kids in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And they were mine. And then when I was a principal, I had a building full of children who were mine. Parents who um, had students in my school will recall hearing me say at open houses or whenever I talk to them that when your kids come through those doors, they become mine. Mm-hmm. And I treat them like the two who live in my house and eat my food. Because I just think that's the right thing to do, right? Mm. Show kids that you care, and they give you all they've got, Mm. right? Um, But it has to be sincere caring. Mm. Well, now, as the Director of Equity and Student Support Services, I have, in effect, 60-plus thousand kids um, to impact and to reach. And so this work, like I said before, this is great work because we are touching every kid indirectly through our work to ensure as best that we can that they have their basic needs met Mm. so that they can focus when they're here in school so that we are helping that work of building strong children Mm -hmm. to be the productive citizens and leaders that we need to ensure that we continue to move forward Mm -hmm. as a great county, as a great state, as a great nation. Mm. What's the future of public schools? Our children hmm. you know, are the future of public schools. That Whitney Houston song just came to my mind. I believe the children are the future. <laughs> Doesn't Whitney Houston always come to mind, though? <laughs> uh, but, yeah, our children are the future of public schools. Um, but maybe to be a little more technical, um, when we think about how far things have come in a very short period of time, I'm thinking specifically technology, right? Um, our children are experiencing things at a much faster rate than I did as, as a child. Um, and to some degrees, even you know, as an adult, I'm living with them, but you know, the, the children seem to be able to grasp things mm. a whole lot faster, more naturally sometimes than um, adults do. And I think that that is really the key point I'm trying to make, is that um, as an adult, I tend to want to go back to do things the way I'm used to doing them or the way that I think they should be done based on past experiences. Mm-hmm. Our children are, are more open. I think they are more readily able to accept and grasp and adapt to changes. Technology, I think, is a great example of that. Mm-hmm. And so I think the future of public schools is um, learning to be just as adaptive so that our focus is our kids. Not that it's not but that our focus is more of our kids so that when we are teaching our children, when we are building strong children, we are doing that in a manner that is adaptive and, and confluent with the world that they are in, but also, and perhaps more importantly, helping them to envision the world that will be but is not quite here yet because mm-hmm. they are the ones who will shape it. Mm-hmm. You sound optimistic. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, you know, these children that we are building to be strong, Mm -hmm. right, 
are the ones who have to take care of me when I am physically broken. <laughs> and you can't do a cartwheel anymore. Well, that day is already here. <laughs> Dr. Grimes, I'm going to let you get back to it. Thank you for your time and perspective and for all you're doing for students here in Chesterfield. We are grateful, and we'll see you at our conference on the 17th of October. Yes, you will, and it was absolutely my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.